And we're back. Yeah. So we were talking over the break about hazing, right? And like, I think the ability for females to like physically haze people is rather challenging. But yeah, the psychological elements are definitely there. Um, I would I would say that's probably a far more harmful form of hazing than like say drinking a lot of alcohol or physically hazing someone or something like that. Um, but yeah, man. Um, I think I think that people people don't realize what they're actually capable of and sometimes it takes a little bit of pain and pressure to bring it out or for them to realize how good they actually have it um because i find that a lot of the complaints i hear about our society are sort of based on a perspective that is not really appreciating the whole wholeness of what it means to have a human experience and that no one actually gives a fuck about anyone else and they're really just trying to get through the day like they're just trying to make each day like what they can so should america world the police or be the world police we can talk about that america i think Mm -hmm. should only look out for the interests that it it is necessary most to look out for Mm -hmm. they should do the minimal amount possible Right. Yeah. So America can't even police itself. So how are we going to be the world police? So there's that fact. The second one is really, no, I don't think we should be the world police because the world can kind of fuck off. The United States is the most important country in the history of humanity. What we have achieved has been achieved with less violence, less atrocity, in a shorter amount of time, and on a greater scale than any other human recorded fucking organization ever. And on top of that, we've kept the same structure of government basically for the last 246 years. So this idea that America is some kind of evil country... Like, we have done fucked up shit, don't get me wrong. But the idea that we're somehow inherently evil or that we're a bad country, you can go fuck right off. And I say that, uh, just give me one second. I say that um, mainly because up until World War II, when America really achieved its ability to, to project power and have a homogeny, um, uh, there was a lot more atrocity in the world. Like there's still atrocities going on today, but the scale occurrence and um, like, I mean, from the death marches to the fucking Holocaust to the Turks and the Armenians, like that shit was happening left and fucking right. Um, and when the United States really stepped on the world stage, we put an end to that shit. We said, no, this is not acceptable on any level. Um, so we don't get credit for that. Uh, we don't get enough credit for basically propping up NATO for the last fucking 40 years and then that it being a complete fucking failure of an organization. Um, I think Donald Trump is an idiot, but I think he was pretty spot on when he called NATO a bunch of bullshit because the fact that those countries don't have to provide for the health, uh, the, the cost of defense is why they're able to provide like robust social programs. Secondly, their robust social programs, specifically healthcare. Uh, most, m- nearly all medical technology breakthroughs occur through either 
U.S. companies or U.S. backed capital or U.S. capitalized companies. Like um, the overwhelming majority of medical research is done in the private sector in America. Um, it's not done overseas. Like, yeah, there, there, there are medical breakthroughs done overseas, but not at the scale that the United States puts out. And that's just medicine. We're not talking about aerospace, information technology, um, you know, signals technology, space, all that other shit. Um, excuse me. So, you know, the United States has improved the quality of life for billions of people. We have provided a global stability that has been not seen for a very, very long time. We maintain open trade routes on the sea. We maintain peace uh, where we can, and we try to give people the dignity to have the freedom to choose their own destiny. We fuck it up a lot, and we fuck people over often. But, hey, we're doing the best we can. And I think the best part about our country is the fact that we can iterate and improve it as we go along. What did you have to say? I'm sorry. Um, I was going to say, so you, you said that the United States has, has impacted the world on a scale that is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. So would you argue then that the British Empire didn't have the same level of influence as the United States? I mean, for God's sakes, they fucking overthrew the Chinese government because they wanted to sell the them opium. opium yeah. Right? They, they, they had far-flung reaches from, for every yeah. corner of the planet. Empire the sun never set on. Yeah. This, this, you know, it's an empire on which the sun never sets, right? Yeah. And, and, and it still is. Yeah. We took it over. Because we changed the British pound to the U.S. dollar after World War II, that all the Commonwealth countries had to start accepting U.S. dollars. So that was one of the things that allowed the U.S. to really expand economically after World War II, was that we were able to export things to places where currencies... Because people don't appreciate how complex currencies actually are and why cryptocurrency is so important, right? Because currencies can be influenced by governments, and they're the means of exchange between governments. And um, like... Yeah, so, so so coming back to that, uh, the United States basically inherited the, the British Empire um, in the sense that uh, all the Commonwealth countries and the former colonies... All the financial institutions that mm-hmm. it held we, moved we, allegiances. Yeah, we were able to move in. Like, the United States is involved in countries that people can't even put on a map, but whatever. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, what else do we want to talk about? I mean, we could keep talking about that. I mean, I think world police. Yeah, uh, I think as much as I am am opposed to war happening, mm-hmm. I think absolutely the United States and NATO as a whole, all the European countries, every Western democracy, should be involved in the war in Ukraine. Mm. I think it's embarrassing to say that you stand up for freedom or that you believe in freedom when. A country is having their freedom ripped away from them by another power, and they're defenseless, right? They're well. They're, I would they're, call Ukrainians defenseless. Well, they're, but obviously they're they're saying. able I, to to defend themselves, but they're not. They're never going to win the war on their own, mm-hmm. right? There's never going to be a situation in which they win. Mm-hmm. There's a situation in which they come out victorious in the sense that they they got to keep their land, mm-hmm. but they're never going to be the expanding country here, yeah. right? They're never going to. True. truly win there's never going to be any spoils for ukraine like they're going into moscow yeah, yeah exactly so like 
it's the fact that the Western world would say that we support a democracy and we're never we're not going to do anything to help Ukraine mm-hmm. against a country that they're never going to have any true victory over. Yeah, that's sad. That's very sad, and I think it's it just it's. That's why I it's said fold, it's turning our backs on everything that we stand for absolutely. or everything that we claim to stand for. Yeah. And we shouldn't claim to stand for it if we're not really going to back it up. Yeah, man. And yeah. and you obviously I I'm sure you agree Ukraine should have been part of NATO decades ago. I don't know. So that's that's a complex issue, man. Like Ukraine needs to figure its own destiny. Like why does Ukraine need to join like why does NATO exist? To push back against Russia. Well, Russia hasn't been Russia really for since 1991, 92, whenever the USSR fell. So when the USSR fell, NATO should have probably dissolved too. Because what it does is it creates an opposition. And when you create when you create something to be opposed, like it's going to get like we're, we're creating self-fulfilling prophecies by create by leaving NATO to exist to counterbalance a Russian threat. You're just really saying, okay, so Russia is really going to invade. And then when they do, you don't do shit. Like, what the fuck is the point of NATO? Like, honestly, like, you know, not not to, to, to mock the thing, but it's like, you know where it's really easy to stand with Ukraine? Outside of Ukraine. Because if we were really serious about it, like I was seeing on the news, there, there are former Marines who are in Ukraine getting shot at, like fucking trading rounds with the fucking Russians. Like a Marine died. Um... Like, so that's, you know, Marines, that's why I say Marines fight different. Like fighting is in like physicality and fighting aggression is just like ground into us. Like that's one of the things that like I had a really difficult time dealing with when I got out was like um, escalation. Like I was always ready to fight. And because that's kind of how it is in the Marines. You always have to be ready. Um, But like, like on at. San Jose State, I shouldn't have to always be ready to fucking fight. Like, that's that's not a normal way. So, like, you know, I, I was able to kind of deal with that. So, yeah. Um, I'm not sure how we got on there. But, yeah. What are what were some other struggles? Um, Coming transitioning? out? Yeah. So, it's... it's, 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 it's uh, so, transitioning out of the Marine Corps, it's a challenge because you lose your sense of identity, right? And, like, you go from this place where, like, purpose... You have this sense of purpose, right? So, like, if you if you just baseline <clears throat> purpose as this basic, you know, kind of high in the Marine Corps, you're like free basing the meth version of this shit. You have an immediate, super clear purpose all the time. You know exactly what you're supposed to do. Like, there is a huge amount of freedom associated with the Marine Corps in the sense that you don't have to worry about where you're going to work, what you're going to wear, where you're going to eat, what job you're going to have how much you're going to get paid, where you're going to get, like, where your family's going to be, where your medical stuff's going to be. Like, all that shit is taken care of so you can focus on the job, right? Because odds are the job isn't involved in combat or supporting combat operations. But if it is, you need to be on your fucking game, you know? Um, So, yeah. What was the question? You wanted to know what were struggles when you oh struggles so yeah yeah so so the identity thing was one the the anger and the aggression was another uh, because that's the other thing is that the Marine Corps really cultivates anger and aggression because aggression when properly channeled can overcome any obstacle and weakness so um, it's very important to cultivate and maintain a sense of anger and aggression in the Marine Corps because it's how we stay ready to fight. 
like people don't like thinking about it but do you want people who are going to be like you know more what was it self-conscious or more conscious people yeah or do you want people who are ready to fucking punch holes in people's faces because they had they're they feel like it like the marine corps is a place where aggression is rewarded from day one this kind of sounds like the opposite of normal society 100 percent um the marine corps is a primal society it's an honor culture right so in an honor culture you get shamed by the group right so like the pashtuns in like afghanistan they're an honor culture um and what honor cultures do is that they impose a very set uh a strict set of rules on you and if you break these set of rules you violate the code of honor and if you violate the code of honor you're 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 like severe social consequences right so like that's that's actually one thing i did want to talk about was the concept of, of like what our values like you know i'm sure that like in your fraternity you guys talk about like what values are to your younger guys and like developing them and like making sure that you are clear on your values and why they're why they exist and like what it really means to manifest them but like <clears throat> i think honor is one of those things that's so lost on men because they don't have a group of other men to keep them accountable because that's really what honor takes is having an honor group that says hey that behavior is unacceptable you will not do that behavior if you're going to be part of this group right like i'm sure that there's a code of conduct or something yeah for fraternity, we absolutely right? do so like if they violate that code of conduct it's like hey, oh that's 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 a no-go like you know so that's why i like greek like life a lot in that it provides that for a lot of guys. And I think it's really unfair when people say, oh, yeah, you're paying for friends. Well, no, you're not. You do support the fraternity, but okay, bud. Uh, you have fun, you know. I don't know. I I, I look at a, the average student's experience at San Jose State, and I just see it as kind of quietly depressing. It's a very lonely life for yeah. the average student because nobody at this university wants to make friends. Yeah, because they right. want to go home, no, every, they want to leave. Yeah, exactly. Everybody wants to get their degree and get out of here. That's yeah. it. There's no, I there's no identity to being a San Jose State student. There is no like, oh, I'm like nobody really sit th sits there and truly believes I am a Spartan. Yeah, like Could nobody sits there and actually thinks about that and takes it seriously. Mm -hmm. There are people who maybe do it for the for the for the Instagram, yeah, you know, because they're they they're obligated to because they're involved with like student life, <laughs> but nobody really genuinely actually has a loyalty to the school to act like, you know, this is yeah. actually something bigger than myself. Yeah, having something saying. larger than oneself is so important. Absolutely, but it's something that is completely lost on like ninety five percent of people today. I, th I think it's a ridiculous proportion of people mm. who don't understand that there should be something bigger than yourself, whether it's whether it's your church, whether it's mm. your school, whether it's your fraternity, whether yeah. it's your country, whether it, whatever it is, mm -hmm. there should be something larger than yourself that your loyalties lie to more than they lie to yourself. And I think that mm. most people don't have this. No. And I think it's, to me, this is what is really the cause of any kind of moral decay or societal decline, whatever somebody wants to call it, mm -hmm. it all has to do with the fact that people don't believe in something larger than themselves. Yeah, 100%. Whatever it is. It doesn't have to be anything specific. I don't care what it is, 
but it you got to have something yeah you got to find meaning somewhere yeah you're you're we are all small creatures in an endless universe mm-hmm. and we need to understand that our place is to be small mm. and our place is to be a small part of something much larger i disagree with the end part i think we should take over the galaxy like i think we should cross the stars like, oh no that's not what i mean i don't mean that like oh. we shouldn't expand i mean that like we, we should, should we should understand that we're a small piece in the big that, bigger that, part yeah there's there's way much more out there even yeah. if we expanded to the whole galaxy there's still infinite universe abroad right? is that the goal though after like mm-hmm. solving the climate change crisis well we won't need to thing. solve the climate change crisis if we leave the planet well think of it this way right so like odds are that like humanity what we're going to do so unless we destroy ourselves which even then i don't think we can do because we're, there's too many of us now um i think what will happen is that we will build it so that everything will be basically in a uh how can i say this like a pressurized containerized city like in the sense that all dwelling will be taking in place and outdoors won't really exist it'll all just be mega cities like 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 fucking coruscant in star wars right it'll kind of it'll evolve to that point because once we develop interplanetary and interstellar travel the ability to harvest resources from other places mm-hmm. and logistically move them especially with automated machines will will become feasible right so like think of it this way like all right so the earth has run out of fresh water right so we can have comets being mined in the asteroid belt that are bringing back literally billions of tons of fresh water daily hourly right um we need copper and shit to manufacture semiconductors on earth we can literally mine other planets mars we can mine comets uh, or i'm sorry asteroids um if we you know start terraforming other planets what you're saying to me is that there's a lot of money to be made there's always a lot of money to be made all the time in space in general in general no matter what it is there's always money to yeah, be made value's always there man if you can deliver even even with pizza like as simple as pizza if you can create a fucking killer pizza people will pay good money man ooh wee what about a goddamn good podcast uh hmm i think you know for me all right so i don't know if you're asking advice but for me i would never pay for a podcast i would much rather have the podcast be sponsored Mm-hmm. because that way um yeah it's just i don't know that's what we want okay. yeah uh, sponsor us domino's yeah, there you go domino's please we had domino's domino's great pizza we delicious. love domino's honestly yeah. we were just talking about how he, they had a comeback yeah they used to be really bad everyone said like domino's tasted like cardboard remember that yeah, yeah. They, used to, they did they used to be bad and now they're good yeah they're they bad. had a comeback um, man. they they're really better. really did they they, they tried they used to have. I remember when I was a kid, the pizza was really quite rubbish. And that was that yeah. was the time when Pizza Hut was the king yeah. of the Ooh, game. Pizza, pizza Hut. fucking hot, man. Like, I think I think Pizza Hut was always like the top of the game, mm. and then it was maybe like Round I, Table. I love Round Table. You round know what? I never pizza. had the last table. honest pizza. Yeah, man, I love round. What table. a what a slogan. Yeah, it's really good, and it's a Bay Area company. It started in Menlo Park. Where would you guys oh, rate yeah. Papa John's on the list? So of it pizza depends because you have to make Papa John's. So that's not a pro. Like that's not a problem for me per se, but like, what happens if you fucking suck or your oven sucks 
or you don't have to make Papa John's. You think you'd have DiGiorno? Oh, no, I'm thinking of Papa Murphy's take and bake pizza. No, oh. no, 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 no. Papa John's. Papa John's. Papa John's is owned by Shaquille O'Neal or part Ooh. owner. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I I never really had it. Um, I remember it being greasy, but like in a lot of cheese. I feel like when when I used to get Papa John's, they used to have a lot of. Like really bready crust. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. Know? It, it was very much like when you got to the crust, it was like biting into a loaf of bread. Ooh, that's <laughs> not, that's and not a good it, it just wasn't what you wanted, you know? No, not at all. Um, How do you guys feel about uh, Little Caesars? <laughs> I think Little Caesars has a very special place in my heart for Same. when I was younger and I couldn't afford a better pizza. And... It it's it it fills up your calories. Okay, that's that's what it does. It does what it's supposed to do. Five dollars, hot and ready. Well, like, I think it's like five seventeen now. Or something. It tastes it's like Little Caesars, that. and that's fine. No, because you know what? Like that's that's what it is. Like it, it's there for you when nobody else is. You know, like <laughs> reliable. It's yeah, exactly. So like you know, kind of bridging the boot camp stories. Mm. So there's this thing in Marine Corps uh, boot camp called. Uh, final drill and it's a series so close order drill is basically like marching commands right and it's how to move people effectively from one place to another um and there's a competition held but in the in the uh company which is like one set of like six platoons and each platoon has about like 50 to 60 dudes um so within this company there is a competition of 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 drill right and like how well it's executed, how creative it is, and like, um, well, really just how well it's executed because it's on standardized cards. Um, so how well it's executed, and yeah. So um, if you win, you know, you get a prize. There's no prize. You just mm -hmm. get hazed at a different location. <laughs> um, but our prize was that we, we got uh, Little Caesars. Our drill oh. instructor snuck it onto the base and like snuck it in the barracks and he's like, all right, all you fuckers get one slice, go. And like, uh, like we hadn't had like actual like junk food in like a really long time. So we could smell the garlic on each other like that night and shit. Oh. So yeah, it was wild, man. It was wild. Damn. It, was the, one of the it was like the best pizza I'd ever had. Oh my like, God. It was all cheese. They were all cheese pizzas. And like, yeah, it was good, man. Only one slice. Yeah. But it was probably the most memorable oh, slice dude, of your it life. Was the best slice of my life, man. I remember biting into that thing and just, and it was like not even, it was like in that lukewarm state where it's like, it's been in the car for 20 minutes. So <laughs> like, cause it was on Camp Pendleton and like Camp Pendleton's like bigger than the state of Rhode Island. Wow. So yeah. Where's that at? Camp South, uh, Southern California. It's in SoCal. Yeah. What? It's San Diego. It's between San Diego and LA. Oh wow. Bigger yeah. than Rhode Island. Bigger than Rhode Island. And it's only in Marines. All Marines. California is a really, really big place. I yeah. think a lot of people don't realize how, how large is. California is. Yeah, California has so much space, and it's got such a varied landscape. Yeah. You really true can, truly can find just about any type yeah. of land, any type of terrain mm -hmm. that you want. You yeah. pretty much can find it in California, save for very few. Like tropical rainforests. Yeah, like tropical rainforests or like... Temperate or swamps, you know, like and anything. You could probably find swamps in California, but not like not like Florida swamps. Yeah, like bayous, not bayous. Ooh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't find like a bayou. You can't yeah. find like a rainforest, but yeah. like 
the real anything that's shit. really wet right yeah. you can't find any really really wet cli- climates in california but mm-hmm. anything else you can find it yeah for sure man. right you you can find forests mountains valleys deserts you can find like flatlands all, all kinds of shit right yeah. it's everywhere we have everything california is truly incredible in that we we have so much to offer and i, I yeah. honestly believe that it is the most beautiful state purely because we have the most different sites to offer mm. i don't think that there's any state that you could go to that it is as varied as california yeah, that's fair maybe think, maybe texas but texas is bro uh maybe hawaii no no hawaii no. is just tropical Hawaii is just a tropical rainforest island with mountains. the volcano. That's it. Yeah. Mm, are there deserts in Alaska? Yeah. Te- well, technically, not, yes, yeah. but it's not the same kind of desert. Technically correct is the best kind of correct, though. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. just a. It's an ice desert. It's an ice it's, desert. Oh, well, yeah. Like the world's largest desert is um, Antarctica. Antarctica, yeah. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, they technically do have deserts in Alaska, but it's not the same kind of desert. It's just, you just have tundra and snowier there's, tundra there's, that's it tundra is just frozen the soil. one thing that like struck out to me when i mm. went to alaska was that there's bears everywhere fuck that there's when did you go to alaska 2014 fuck dude you will bears just be walking down the man. street and there's be like a bunch uh, of bears nope fuck that bears are one thing i do not fuck with you're man. driving the road there'll be one crossing the street no man like i think bears you see are like five honestly times a day. one of like one of the few creatures in nature that has a 100% chance of killing your ass. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Like, Wait, there's, really? there's very few things that you can no. fight. No, you cannot fight a bear. That, like... A, you can't fight most animals. I think people greatly overestimate their capacity to fight animals. Um, outside of, like, when, you re- when the survival mode really kicks in, I think most people vi- greatly underestimate, like sentient beings capacity for violence oh absolutely right so but i think like Mm -hmm. if you if you put put humans versus every other kind of animal in a death match right i think there's very there's relatively few that are actually going to be able to beat us like physically yeah physically no i think most animals would fuck us up not most 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 mammals like what animal like okay so i'm saying like not like okay so give I'm not talking like small animals. I'm talking about like okay. relatable size, like large size. Oh, mammals. Anything that's our size is absolutely gonna fucking kill us. But like, but I would like, say down to like even like an Australian Shepherd, like a dog. Like, ooh. I think a dog, like even a pack of dogs or like two dogs, if they bite your ankles and you can't fucking walk anymore, yeah, they're gonna get you. Mm, yeah, I agree with that. So I think I think it's it's yeah because I always like there was this guy in the Marines who was like, yeah, dude, I'd fuck up a deer. I'm like, no, you wouldn't. He's like, yeah, I would. I'd fuck up a moose. I'm like, dude, a moose would Not a moose. fucking A moose would you. demolish you. They're 10 foot tall. They're, they're a, size... a fucking tank, dude. They're Those things are tank. huge, and their legs are powerful. And One fucking kick from a moose, and you're dead. That's dude, it. It's over. Fuck. That's why I fear bears, because bears kill moose. Whoa. Yeah, dude. Like, grizzlies in Alaska can kill moose. Like, not like fucking bull moose, like, okay. but like, you know. The smaller ones. Smaller, feeble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I would be absolutely fucking terrified a moose is to a come tank. face to face with a bear Dude, like fuck that fuck that. i i i would there would be zero like there again like there's zero percent chances of you winning in a fight with a bear. well zero the other percent. thing is like bears are pretty cowardly 
So like, so when we were in Sears well, school, they wouldn't mm-hmm. engage you. But like, if you happened to be engaged with a bear, yeah, well, yeah, there's there's a zero percent chance you're winning, unless you have a knife and you start stabbing them in the neck very fast. Ooh, that's what you used to say. You have to be very lucky. Stay armed, stay strong. What was that movie that like Leonardo DiCaprio like fought a bear? Ooh, he didn't fight a, a bear. One. He got his ass killed by a bear almost. Right, that was the whole like, just, cataclysm of the movie. Like, yeah, that happened. Like there. he was just kind of walking in the woods, and then he saw the little bears, and by then it was too late. Right, and then it's like a revenge story. Well, yeah, that is. Well, the whole thing's a revenge story because, like, well, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, it's a, it's a pretty fucked up tale, and it's a pretty incredible story. And Leonardo DiCaprio is an excellent. He actor. deserved it for yeah, sure, best actor. Sure. But ever since then, he kind of went on a like a. Stopped I, acting. He stopped. He got the Oscar and like dipped. Yeah, he's just now doing like low because he used to only do like Oscar quality stuff. He only did movies with kick ass directors for very specific like S tier movies, and now he's doing like bullshit on Netflix. So wait, really? Wait, he didn't he do? Didn't he do a movie on Netflix? Don't look up. Wasn't that? Oh, with Leo? I saw that. Yeah, that movie was depressing. Yeah. So like, I don't know, man. Like, I I don't see climate change like as not a big issue, but it's like one of those things like, yeah, we can solve it. Just stop fucking like telling everyone about it and start planting trees and shut the fuck up. Mm. Like, because the first thing is the agriculture methods we use are what is really driving climate change. And until we address that, we're never really going to solve anything. Secondly, I, yeah, palm oil deforestation. Palm oil deforestation are elements, but it's more about the annual agriculture system versus a permaculture ecosystem. Because think of it this way. There are no wheat fields in nature. This is a static state that we are imposing the on the ground on on the environment that we believe should be weed free, bug free. Da, 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 da. Like, all right, are you guys? Well, I don't want to ruin McDonald's fries for everyone, so but um, do it, do it, do it. Okay, so well, if we want to edit it out, you can. Okay, I will. So basically, what happens is is that McDonald's likes their fries to be really long, right? And it requires a spe- very specific type of potato that's genetically modified to grow very straight and very long. Now, in order for this potato to grow to McDonald's standards, which means it doesn't have any brown spots. So if you'll notice in McDonald's fries, there's no brown spots like in possibly in uh, in and out fries Mm -hmm. or like, you know, other whole cut fries. Right. They're all clean, pristine fucking potatoes. Golden brown or they're like yellowy. Yeah, exactly. And this comes from a uh, so the brown spots come from an aphid, which is just small little like bug like life form that lives in the ground. And it's part of the food, food soil web. And basically what happens is since McDonald's doesn't like those brown spots, they use a very uh, powerful uh, insecticide to kill this thing. This insecticide is so powerful that when farmers spray it, they typically don't leave their house for about four to five days. Okay, wow. And then when they harvest it, they have to let this toxin air out of the potatoes. So they have to let the potatoes vent for about a week. So once they harvest them, they put them in a big ass like warehouse where there's fans pushing air up underneath them to vent out all the shit. Mm. So that's how McDonald's like, so it's little things like that, but it's really, it really started. So it it depends on how you want to look at it, whether you want to start it from the oil crisis or the end of world war two. So if we start from the end of World War II, what happened was you had DuPont and uh, Dow Chemical and all these other arms manufacturers who had all this excess nitrogen that they had made and uh, they had all these weapons and what to do with explosives, turn them into fertilizer, right? So you have now the chemical fertilization. So I think I think when history looks back, they'll look at us unleashing the power of the sun as the thing that changed everything. 
because now we're starting to use synthetic chemicals in our food supply, right? And uh, so these synthetic chemicals started being used and um, up until the, the 70s, no one was really noticing any, any negative effects. It was increasing yields. It was creating more, more food and that, that's what you want. You always want a food surplus. You don't even want to be close to anywhere near not having a food surplus. It's better to waste a shit ton of food than be close to a, a non-food surplus. Um, and what I mean is that you don't want to be like, if you have 100 people, you don't want to have 101 things because what happens if you... Yeah, it's better two- to have 200 meals mm-hmm. for 100 people than have 101 meals for, for, 100, pe- for 100 people. Yeah. Because then you, you're you certain that they're not going to go hungry. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's harder... For people to go hungry, the more excess food supply you have. Yeah. And you don't want, because, and when you start making those decisions, that's how governments change. Uh, food rights, man. Anyways, uh, fuck, I lost train of what we were talking about. World War II really was the, oh, like, it changed, point. Yeah. it changed so changed many everything. things, man. Changed everything. I think, to me, I think truly the most incredible and probably most harmful thing that came out of that time. Mm-hmm is PFOAs and... What's PFOA? It's, I couldn't even fucking pronounce what it stands for, but mm-hmm. it, it's a chemical that basically doesn't break down. And it sits in, if you consume it, it sits in your body for the rest of your life. And wow. it accumulates. And it slowly poisons you. This is things that used to be in the original Teflon coating in pans. Mm-hmm. So like nonstick coatings, that's what it's used a lot for. They put it in like raincoats... They put it in anything, a lot of waterproofing type mm. stuff. Not anymore, right? Not anymore. Well, it's still not officially regulated by the EPA, but most companies don't use it anymore. Um, but this is stuff that they used to put in in just any kind of waterproofing. Usually, they would even mm. put it in food packaging. You could, it would be in the liners for the bag of chips. Mm. You know, they, they would be they would put it in all kinds of shit, and it was slowly murdering you right because mm-hmm. this, this shit is just slowly building up in your body mm-hmm. and it would give you all kinds of cancer and your teeth would fall out and this is all this horrible shit mm-hmm. and you can hear more about it in a documentary film called dark waters um and, and it's to me i think that is by far the mm-hmm. most long-lasting destructive thing that is affecting everybody's daily life that came out of the forties in terms of like those chemicals that were developed Mm. because a lot of other things don't get used, right? We don't, we don't use nuclear weapons on a regular basis. We Mm. don't use chemical weapons on a regular basis, right? These are the things that don't get used by the majority of civilized governments in the world. Right. Whereas PFOAs are everywhere. You are consuming it. You, I guarantee you, that we all, everybody sitting in this room has at least some level of PFOA in their blood. Mm. Like, everybody in America does. Everybody in the world does. I've definitely eaten McDonald's fries. Yeah, me too, man. Like, we definitely have levels of chemicals in our body that are unacceptable because they are not natural. Yeah. But, like, there's nothing we can do about it in, in terms of, like... Like today, like just to, to just snap our fingers. We need to start the revolution, man. That's I mean, the authoritarian oh government. 
that would be the second thing I address is the food supply, right? So we're going to abolish the system that only serves, like, first of all, the food system doesn't serve everyone. And most of the food, it, most of the f- food that's produced is non-nutritional GMO dent corn or soybeans that's used for animal feed. Secondly, um, there's no nutritional value in dent corn. Um, third, you know, introducing a agroforestry model in which we use intensive planting that's able to, intensive planting methods, um, creating a more sustainable sustainable system, one that provides food, fuel, fiber, building materials, cosmetics, and medication um, at profit for farmers, I think is the model we would need to adapt. Uh, we could rebuild our food supply, make it more robust, remove the GMO stuff, um, make school lunches far more affordable, and all that shit. Like, basically, I think school lunch should be free. I don't think... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think kids should have... Like, that should... Yeah, that's... Public school lunch is so bad. Like, yeah, that, The quality is... Hideous. It feels like prison. Yeah. I, I think it's embarrassing that we would deny food to a child. Yeah. I understand why an adult has to work for a meal, but a child shouldn't yeah. have to. I think Absolutely that's a bit not. ridiculous. This notion that like, oh, well, if your parents didn't work hard enough, well, then you just don't get to be fed. So that yeah. sucks to be you. It, like, that's unfortunate. But I also think that parents need to be held to account as well. Oh, because of you course. Should be having they should be held account. And if you, if you, you know, you should, you should definitely be punished in this situation because you've allowed this to happen. However, it, it's inevitable that the, that the situation will happen at one point or, or another. So you have to be prepared as a society to be able to remedy that. Sure. Even though you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to, but mm-hmm. you will have to. Yeah. Because people are imperfect, and there's no, there's no way that we can eliminate shitty parents from the planet. It's just not going to happen unless you unless you want to have some extremely dictatorial shit. But I don't think that that's the route that most people would <laughs> well, want to go. Here's the thing, man. You need a license to be a barber. You don't need a license to have a kid. Right. So the idea that any fucking person can just start popping out human beings that are going to start inheriting the planet that we're going to have to deal with is a little absurd to me. Like, I think that if you are, let's say, a child predator or rapist or something like that, you should be sterilized. I think that if you're like, I think that if you are a child abuser or something like that, or you have had a history of documented like abusive behavior, you should be sterilized. And it goes for men and women. Like, um, we act like women can't be toxic people, uh, especially as mothers, but they can be incredibly harmful to people. So like this idea that, um, parenthood is this, it's, it's a very complex thing, right? Cause I don't know. I think a lot of people would argue that parenthood mm-hmm. is a right now. It's not I a right at all. I don't, I don't agree with them, but it's I think a, a, right a lot of people all. would say no. that it's a right. It's not a right at all. No. You don't get, like, just because... The context of being able to have children so freely nowadays is something that's majorly lost on people because you back, you know, historically, you probably didn't get a pass on your genes because you either weren't part of the right, like, social status or you didn't have the resource to actually like support a family. Like the over like overwhelming majority of people weren't really able to support families. It was a intensive agrarian agrarian effort um, with a very large family living fucking dirt poor, right? And now we have the situation where people can have kids um, just because they can. There's no there's no need for them. Like because kids used to be labor, right? So right. like in the third world. When, like, boys are nine years old, 
they start having to produce more than they consume in in their households right and most people don't appreciate that still so it's it's just to me it's one of those things that like the united states is very unique in the way we we uh, ad, we advance certain causes at the expense of others like um you know uh, body positivity is definitely one of them that I find just kind of fucking hilarious because you never see it towards men. It's only oriented towards women. Like the idea of accepting a person as they look, you never see, you know, men being told to be accepted. It's always women's, you know, looks that have to be accepted. So I've always found that to be a very strange, strange thing. I was watching, <clears throat> I was watching Doctor Strange two last night, mm-hmm. and it dawned on me that like nowadays, like the MCU, ma- uh, the men are more sexualized than the women. Yeah, because so like remember, our entire society is moving to support females, and unfortunately, that's probably going to be our demise, uh, because no society that has advanced female achievement over men's has survived. Um, on top of that, there is no evidence that any any society has actually been run by females um, outside of a, a few uh, small small groups. Right. But um, I would rather... So here, here's the thing. So the way I see it is that our society is trying to move to a... Um, what's the word? Uh, matriarchy. Matriarchy. Right. Like women are placed more important or... Yeah, exactly. And there's, there, is one, there is one group of people in the United States... Who currently live in a matriarchy, the black uh, black Americans. W- black women make most of the decisions in the households. Oh, okay, right, right, because most. So I think it was. So rest in peace, Kevin Samuels. He died today. He was. Uh, if, <gasps> yeah, I don't know if you know who he is. The YouTuber. The YouTuber. Yeah, he died. I don't know how, but he did die. Uh, but um, you know, upwards of seventy. I think it was seventy to eighty percent of black kids are born out of wedlock. Uh, one in four black women will marry. And those two figures right there are going to result in terrible things. Um, just fucking horrible things for the for the black community. Like, um, it's, it's, to me, it's a very passionate issue because, you know, I've seen it unfold with, with one of my friends. And um, basically, a, a, a society... So, okay, backing it up. Prior to civil rights... Black people were married at a rate of about 80%, higher than any other fucking uh, group in the United States by by a significant margin. Um, and then with Lyndon B. Johnson's, the, the uh, what's it called? The Great, the Great, Great Society. Society. Yeah, the Great Society. Uh, that kind of fucked everything up because now women were saying, oh, well, we're independent now. And I always kind of ask, independent of what? Because you still, like, you went, like, I always find it very interesting when women are like, you know, I don't want to be a mom. I'd much rather work. I'm like, why would you be, want to be a, like, first of all, working fucking sucks. Like, unless you're one of those very lucky people who has a job that's fucking amazing, like, odds are working is just fucking tedious. I would much rather spend time with my family. Mm -hmm. On top of that, like, why would you want to go from, like, have you seen uh, Ali Wong, Baby Cobra? She's a comedian. Oh, it's the stand-up. Yeah, the pregnant, the pregnant woman, right? Yeah, the Asian woman. Yeah, 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 and she's like, she's like, I am so mad at whoever the fuck, whatever dumb bitch said, <laughs> we want to work too, 
because we were we had it so good we were like oh we're too dumb to work we'll just stay at home and you go do all the work and we'll just stay home and spend your money and now they want their own money which i guess you know they want their agency to be able to go you know live their best life which i think is a disastrous way for them to live because unfortunately um I don't know how much of this is going to be edited out, but... Well, yeah, I might keep it in. Honestly, I like this talk, but it's just like... It's, it, so it's, here's the thing, man. Like, I think, unfortunately, like, fe- like women are going to get outcomes that they, they didn't necessarily bargain for. And I think that options aren't presented to them in a fair and meaningful way. Um, because most women in school are averse to marriage, right? And because the idea... They don't see a man as anything more than a sort of utility. Like, right? Like... Uh, they don't want to get married to get married. They want to get married for Instagram. You know what I mean? Oh. You know. Wow, that's deep. Yeah. Well, Just to take the happy husband wedding pics. Yeah, man. That's like, you know. So you think a, uh, they treat uh, a husband as an accessory? Oh, absolutely. So here, here's what like, this might be a little too depressing, but the contract used to be that you know if you were a man who was able to provide for his family, her pussy was yours. But now it's just your turn. So, like, the idea that, you know, women have all the sexual agency, that's fine. But the idea that men are going to tolerate, you know, um, a woman who goes to her, they call it, I don't know, they, they call it the fun phase or whatever they call it. Um, when they're just, you know, sleeping sleeping with whoever, whoever tickles their fancy. And by all means, do, you do you. But understand that there are also consequences at the back end that, like, when you're 28... And looking to settle down and the dude recognizes that you're really good at giving head and he doesn't want to mm-hmm. see you after that that's a fucking sign i think this is like happening would you say that mm-hmm. would you agree that this is happening in america but what about like other parts of the world is i would say happening? all western countries that are emphasizing female achievement so here's a few things are happening right females are now achieving more than ever before that's fine no problem with that at all you you do you you get yours the problem is is that men have also consequently gone down because we've destroyed any male building structures right because Women just are. You can just become, you, you don't have to become a woman. You just are a woman because once you go through puberty, you get tits and you have your period. You have the value. Right? You, have you have all, all the, the value. value in the fucking world, man. Yep. But a man has to become, right? So that's why like it's really important for men to surround themselves with, with mentors and peers who have their best interests and are able to kill the boy so the man can live. Because that's the problem is that too many people today are called men, but they are just adolescent. They're just perpetual adolescents, right? You have to kill the boy. Like that part of you has to die in order for the man to live. Should men just delete Instagram? I don't know, man. I can't tell you what to do with your Instagram, man. Like I think Instagram, if it's making you money, then yeah, keep it. But if it's just something you're using to distract yourself with, I don't think it's a healthy way to spend your time. Okay, okay. I think I would say there are better things to look at, better I, things to I do. I need Instagram right now cuz marketing yeah, for my sure. podcast, so that's sure. main way I do it. I actually delete Instagram. I don't have Instagram on my phone. Yeah. So I only have it on my computer. Does it work for business on the computer? Well, I just need to upload shit on the uh, the account. Mm. I don't use it really to browse or whatever. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Like Instagram like all so the reason I think social media is bad because it, it's it's a false reality, right? Yeah. It creates, it gives you this sort of like um, anchor point on another sense of approval 
that doesn't really exist, right? Mm -hmm. Because how much do you care when you just hit like on something? We don't really like give a shit. It's just like, oh, that's neat. Neat. Yeah. Neat. Like sometimes, yeah, you'll give it's a, a shit. It's a distraction. But it's just like, huh, neat. Dopamine like hits. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. I only use social media for the memes. Like I'm not I'm not the sort of person who's really into like mm-hmm. I love the memes too. Like being in, like I, I don't care about influencers, right? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't follow any influencers. I, fuck a few of them. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't look at their pages. Right. I don't care what they're doing. Yeah, you know, but I, I love memes, and so yeah. like personally, I don't think I could ever give up social media just because I'm a yeah, I such a memer that. person. But like, I miss the military memes for sure. That's like, one thing I, I miss. But in terms of like. You know, trying to get likes and wanting likes yeah. and wanting to to live the life that somebody else is living. Like, no, yeah. I'm I'm good. Yeah, and I th- I think there's, I think social media has poisoned society to the point that it that mentality doesn't even stay on social media anymore. It follows you into the real world. Yeah. I think there's there's a lot of people whose only goal in life is to feel like they have a better life than somebody else yeah that's it that, that's the only thing they want they're they not want happy like being it. who they are they they want to portray an image of somebody that is better than i think it just goes back to discipline i don't think there's anything wrong with looking at memes or having mm-hmm. instagram like part of life is enjoying the moment if you mm-hmm. like looking at memes it makes you laugh yeah why not but like to the point where you have the discipline to mm-hmm. still like accomplish your goals, put food on the table, go to yeah. work, etc. Well, I mean, accomplish your goals. So for me, social media was getting me angry because like anger is the fastest thing to engage, and the Facebook algorithm is very, very good. And like I quit right before the November election just because it was just getting too much. I was like, I can't deal with this, man. Like because I was just angry all the time, and like because I'm a pretty conservative person, um, if that wasn't evident. And I think, you know, neoliberal progressivism that we see now is just a big fucking scam. Um, like, I, I think it's a very ironic ideology in the sense that, you know, it, it, it on, on everything that really matters, mm-hmm. it's exactly the same as any of our other options, right? It's when, when the difference between an, a woke neoliberal mm-hmm. And an, and a fracking neocon mm-hmm. is just that one will put a heart and a hashtag BLM and a pride flag in their Twitter bio and one won't. Because at the end of the day, they're all gonna bomb kids in Afghanistan. They're all gonna bomb kids in Syria. They're all gonna they're all gonna do those things, right? Not a single one of them is gonna stop engaging in foreign wars. Donald Trump did. I mean, <laughs> did he though? Because during his entire time, he was still in Afghanistan. But he wasn't expanding he, the role. <clears throat> so, like, he fucked up Afghanistan too. Like, don't get me wrong, but Afghanistan is not something that we could have just, like, I disagree with us pulling out of Afghanistan. Because us being in Afghanistan afforded Pakistan and women in Afghanistan a peace that they had not known. And now, an entire generation of women who grew up without the Taliban now live under the Taliban. So I think it's very interesting to, especially like, you know, you were talking about like um, 
wanting the same thing. And I find it very interesting because when you ask women, right, like most women on this college campus, I would guarantee you are overwhelmingly pro-choice, right? And, you know, where, where that idea comes from, I'm not sure. But if you ask them about a vaccine mandate, they would probably say, yeah, they're pro-vaccine mandate as well because, you know, why not? Why wouldn't you be pro-vaccine mandate? But the problem becomes, you know, does the government have the authority to tell you what to do with your body? And if the government doesn't have the authority to tell you what, what to do with your body, then you have, the, you have the right to not have the vaccine. Therefore, vaccine mandates are a violation of, of pro-choice. But, but see, the thing is that it's, it's not really about general principles. It's about whatever the progressive person said. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's not about actual yeah, no, progressives are, principles. Yeah, they have no principles. It's about appearing virtuous virtue signaling that's all it is like that's why i find it so laughable that corporations have adopted all these fucking um you know like pride and everything else that's sort of like black history month like trying to corporatize every diversity element that they can because it costs them so little but the return can be so great because if you start buying from a company because you think that they support whatever you want to support that's a good for the company so I just find it very ironic that, um, you know, like all the, like, especially with Pride Month, I just find it hilarious because companies that do some pretty fucked up things, like just be like, oh yeah, but we, we you know, we, we, we love gay people. Oh yeah, yeah. I just no, like, Nike will have, you know, sweatshops in, in Vietnam, but if they release a Pride shoe, everybody's going to go, oh wow, they're yeah. so progressive and good. Exactly, dude. You know, and it's like... Or, or, or they'll be against the very groups that they mm. claim that they support. You mm. know, they'll they'll employ labor from Saudi Arabia, which notoriously is anti-gay, and then they'll they sit there and they'll be like, cups. they'll be like, oh, we're very pro-gay. We hashtag yeah. Pride Month. You know, yeah. And they'll they'll sponsor a float in the West Hollywood Parade or whatever. Yeah, yeah man. You know, and, and uh, you know, as a gay person, I love me some rainbow crap, but like, man you know a so, lot of it's it's just it, it is just bullshit and well, i know that you know yeah. like it's, it's and that's that's what i want to ask is like can the gay community kind of see through the pandering like because that's how i like i would feel it as like pandering like because anytime someone says like that as a person of color or anything like i'm oppressed i'm like who the fuck do you think you are to say that to me first of all i'm an american so i'm capable of doing whatever the fuck i want I don't live in a society that limits me in any fucking way. If I can produce value for others, they're going to let me do it. It doesn't matter who the fuck I am. Secondly, like, would you ever tell your child that they're limited in any way? Like, what kind of dumb ideology are we trying to cultivate and where we, we let people kind of codify victim mentality into their mindset? That's why, like, that's what makes me so angry is because, like, when you see this hyper-regressive uh, thing being pushed onto children... It's one of those things that I'm like, yo, why why are we doing this? Like, why do eight-year-olds need to know about, like, sexual orientation? Because mm -hmm. that seems unnecessary. Like, an eight, like if an eight-year-old is going through early puberty, okay, maybe isolate that child and talk to them. But, like, outside of that, I don't see the necessary, like, are they doing so well in their other courses, like, other coursework that they, they need to start learning about this? I don't know. I, th I To me, I think mm -hmm. that there shouldn't be any explicit like let's talk about gay people but like if you happen to read a storybook and two of the characters are gay 
so be it, right? We're exposing them to to straight people. Exposing them to gay people is no different. But I don't think that we should have to explicitly say, these two characters Mm -hmm. are gay, and that's okay at eight years old. Yeah. Right? And we shouldn't be saying the same thing about straight people either, right? You shouldn't have to say, these people are straight. And that's okay. Like that, this none none of it should have to be a conversation right. at eight years old. Right. Like I I don't think that whether straight or gay mm-hmm. children should have to be exposed to anything like yeah. that. I think school that's a should be about school. Yeah. Like this idea that, like I understand the like one of the arguments is that like you know if a child feels isolated because. You know, they they might identify that something that that's not represented. Okay, that might cause stress for the child. Well, like, okay, I can appreciate that, but like, I still don't fully buy that argument in the sense that. Hold on, I'm really high, and I'm my mind. So my mind is moving faster than I can talk, and like that's kind of proving a problem. What what are we what are we talking about? Children and like. Oh oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay, so basically, like, indoctrinate, like, so we can't indoctrinate children into religion, right? So, like, why would we indoctrinate them into an ideology? And I say an ideology because if one of your beliefs can predict your other beliefs, you're in an ideology. And I don't think people should be in ideologies. I think you should use critical thinking to create a, because you couldn't really pin me in a political hole. And I'm pretty, I'm likely the most diverse person most people will meet. Um, because they don't really meet a lot of Marines who've been all, like, I don't know, like, I like to think I'm pretty diverse in terms of my How are you so diverse? I'm not that diverse, actually. (laughs) Like, now that I think about it, I'm a son of immigrants, that's not Mm -hmm. that diverse, a lot of people are. I'm a Marine, there's a lot of us, but not that many. I'm not that diverse. I'm from the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm from, I was born in the 80s. Um, I don't know. Great decade. Yeah, well, I guess, depends. Depends on who you were. Mm. Yeah. Better than the uh, no, you lived in a time before smartphones and the internet. Yeah, that so that kind of that's crap. that's that's the we were more... a dying breed. Yeah, man. Like you know, it, so we were. I was actually talking about this with a friend. Is like you know, will digitally native people be able to iterate on the internet in a way that will make it more me- as meaningful as it was to the people before the internet existed? Meaning, Ooh. like people don't actually appreciate how accessible information is now. The idea of being able to get anything you want instantaneously is fucking insane. Like, just like renting a movie, Mm. right? You can literally watch a movie on your phone now. Whereas I remember you would have to go plan a trip to Blockbuster, go rent the video, go watch it, rewind it, and take it back before it was due. And like, that was a big deal, you know? Mm. And now you can watch anything anytime. Going to Blockbuster was a big deal. Yeah, Blockbuster exists. I remember going to Blockbuster, but I, I usually went to Hollywood Video. That mm. was that was the the chain that w- that we would go to. Yeah, but it was the same thing basically. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I feel like there's nothing more satisfying in my mind mm-hmm. as a memory than going to a Hollywood Video and picking out like a video or a DVD and like getting a pizza. And like riding in my mom's minivan home and like, you know, having having like a, a Coca-Cola and a pepperoni pizza sat in front of the TV watching Shrek mm-hmm. 2 on DVD or whatever. <laughs> you know, right. some 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 bullshit yeah. from my childhood that like I feel like that is the most satisfying like 
piece of 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 my life yeah like i i feel like that's there was no worries about like anything right there was no worries about society there was no worries about like having to to work and like support myself right like everything was just taken care of everything was okay yeah and everything was normal i think i think that's one of the biggest things about growing up that i haven't really liked is that now i realize how not fucking normal the world is and it was always not normal it's never been but it's it it gets wackier every day and i think that is something i really don't like about being an adult and it's something i really wish i could get back from being a child (laughs) is the sense of normalcy in the world things felt felt okay Mm -hmm. and i think that for me, that that means that my mom did a really good job at making the world feel okay. Yeah. Because really, that's what it is. It's our parents who right. who do the job of making us feel that everything's stable. Right. And so, to me, that means my mom did a really fantastic job. Because now, as an adult, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? There's some weird bullshit that's going on every fucking day. The weird gets weirder. The world gets weirder. The the weird gets worlder. You know, I, yeah, I don't man. know, man. It's it's a problem, and I don't like it. It is, man. But on that note, I think I'm going to call it for the evening, gentlemen. So I don't know how we need to wrap this up. but Dude, it's been two hours and 40 minutes. Oh, it's this been, has a, been a long... This has been an amazing episode, Asad. Um, we would love to have you back. I'm serious. All right, man. Anytime the feedback summer, isn't too bad. Um, yeah, man. Uh, maybe you guys can, you know, come out and... Cause I'll be I'll be moving to Davis for this job. Oh yeah, shoot! Interesting. Yeah, so it's not that far. It's we like love a, two, a Davis trip. Yeah, it's a two hour drive. Man. I've never been to Davis. It's a bunch of cows and hot Asian chicks. Cool. Good boba places. Yeah, um, man, hot Asian chicks. Assad, uh, anything you would like to say? Anything to shout out about yourself? No, not really. Add me on LinkedIn, and if you want to be taken seriously, take things seriously. Okay. 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 Asad. We'll see you uh, next week, everybody. Like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube channel. Subscribe on Spotify. Uh, like and, sub- and and follow our Instagram and our TikTok and all that other garbage. Um, please, please do <laughs> follow that. us on Spotify. Thanks, guys. Bye.